On today's episode of The Warrior Within Us, I'm talking to Jennifer Chapman. Jennifer Chapman, an Indianapolis native and Ball State graduate, has had a unique road to get to where she is today. Life challenged her first at 11 with the unexpected loss of her mom, and again at age 34 when she suffered a stroke. After doing consistent work with a life coach to overcome the mental and emotional challenges internally, Jennifer shifted in 2020 and found the passion and need to coach others through life's challenges. She created Just Commit Coaching and offers one-on-one coaching for people primarily in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that want to find a way to accept and embrace the new version of themselves and how to move forward. Jennifer has several published articles and is an international best-selling author whose book launched in October of 2021. I know you're going to be totally inspired by this conversation. Please let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C and feel free to share this podcast with somebody you think would enjoy it or be inspired by it. Now let's get started. Are you an expert with the passion and knowledge to support people on their journey to start fresh? Join the only resource guide curated for people navigating life changes and be connected to the people who need you the most when they need you the most. Annual membership includes an optimized profile, free Zoom courses, and more. Fresh Starts is passionate about supporting the experts so they can support their clients. Head to freshstartsregistry.com to apply for membership today. Use code within us for $50 off your first year of membership on the Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide. The Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide connects experts and services with the people who need them most. So today I have Jennifer Chapman with me. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So I, we, I was laughing because I've had to reschedule you a few times and it's sort of like most of the time when people reschedule on me, I like feel really good about it because I'm like, this makes me feel like I can be more human and be like more of who I truly am. And, you know, but I, I did cancel on you like three times. So I'm so appreciative that you're like willing to be here today and, um, have this conversation with me. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And I, I totally understand that life, life gets in our way and happens and we just got to make it work and we've made it work. So yeah, totally, totally. So why don't you start by, I know you have an amazing warrior story. So why don't you start sort of by telling us a little bit about yourself and then, um, what, resonates with you when I say there's a warrior within all of us, which I believe there is. Yeah, thank you. I, and I truly believe that as well. I, I am born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana to an amazing, wonderful, loving family. And life was going really, really well. Um, until it had different plans for us when I was 11 years old, actually is kind of the first time that, um, a a traumatic event occurred and I lost my mom very suddenly at age 11. Um, literally like flip of a switch. Um, she was here one moment and gone the next. And even to this day, all we attribute it to is, um, an allergic reaction to something she ate and, um, her, 
she just could no longer breathe. Um, as, as horrific as, as it sounds, obviously I've, I'm able to tell it now and, and share it with, with many, many people, but for people hearing it for the first time, it's probably, oh, overwhelming and hard to believe. Mm. Um, so I, I had to adapt to a new normal very quickly with my dad, my brother, and, and luckily both supportive grandparents and aunts and uncles and things. And I, I found that my outlet through middle school and high school was, was picking up a tennis racket. And I played pretty much year round for seven years. And looking back now, I was probably masking some of how I was processing and grieving. And, um, but nonetheless, I, I, I was successful and had great results playing and, and, and then went to ball state and got a marketing degree and, and went into the world of sales for 15 years. And so 10 of those years was beer, wine and spirits sales, which was obviously a lot of fun. And that's where I met my husband and, um, great results there. And, and then I just knew I wanted something more. I wanted to be challenged a little bit more than I was. So I was recruited on LinkedIn and to go to CentOS, which is a huge organization, um, and took myself and to the next level is what I did. Um, and, and first year there, I blew my own mind and hit president's club there my first year. So it was a tremendous honor to do that. But I also share that moment because that was the year that I turned 34 and I had this epiphany that my mom was 34 when she passed, mm -hmm. hadn't really processed that, always just knew I was 11. So I immediately thought, oh my gosh, she was so young. I, I am not ready. I've got a lot more life to live. Long story short, nine months later, as I'm trying to hit another president's club and stressing myself out more than I knew that I was, mm -hmm. I suffered a life-changing stroke and that flipped me and my family's world completely upside down. It was, I, I don't give my stroke the credit it deserves for how severe it is because I think that I've handled it like a warrior, like we'll talk about, um, in, in all ways, physically blessed. I went through rehab and recovery and, and really the struggle for me was mentally and emotionally. And that's, I'm four and a half years out and I still work on that piece every day. Mm. Wow. Wow. I, I often sort of think about like challenges that come in our lives that, that are precursors for other challenges and like how, you know, either the tools we use or like how we cope or like how we process one traumatic event shapes how we mm. deal with another traumatic event either in the same way that we process it or, or, or also like, I imagine, and I don't want to put words into your mouth that like going through your own life-changing event with the stroke sort of resurfaced a lot of stuff that you had maybe not processed from the loss of your mom. More than, you know, yeah, more than I can express. And I, I can tell you that it did not come full circle for me when the stroke happened that I was the same age as my mom until probably a, year, a little over a year later when I had sought out um, traditional therapy first. And I just, there's absolutely a place for it. It just wasn't fitting for me. So I then reached out to a life coach here locally and it, it was really working 
with her that that all came full circle and I was able to not only admit that I was grieving the old version of myself um, and that this was a new and improved version and I just had not gotten there yet to, mm. to realize that but also finding my purpose and knowing that my mom did make it and I did and and I am now here to honor her legacy and to serve others while I'm doing it. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think it's so interesting too. I actually spoke with um, the podcast episode that I released yesterday. I spoke with someone who lost her mom at a similar age. She was 10 and just like how we see grief and Mm -hmm. how we recognize that like really visible grief. And like when people are struggling, like what that quote unquote should look like or does look like that we don't often see people who are truly grieving we don't see their process if it's not like societally what we expect to see when somebody's grieving so we think like oh well she's playing tennis and she's successful and she's doing all these great things so she must be okay and you know um she must be sort of you know coping really well and not you know, she doesn't maybe need some support that somebody who is so clearly struggling might need. Um, so it's so interesting. Uh, and then just to think that, you know, so much of what happens in our lives, the good, the bad, the traumatic, the everyday, like molds us to, and shapes how we handle other experiences. Uh, it's really amazing. So tell me about the work. So you were working in at Sintas when the stroke happened, and then yeah. I'm sure things changed pretty dramatically in terms of what your focus became after. Yeah, it was it was a process. Um, I went back to work. They were so gracious with me coming back, but I can tell you, looking back now, I went back too early but I wanted to go back. I went back probably three, three and a half months after, and I was still going to outpatient therapy and still trying to work at a high level every day. Mm. And they were so good to me. They were like, work at your own pace, do what you can do. We are here for you. We support you. It was, it was amazing from, from a corporate corporate environment. I couldn't ask for a better leadership team and and support system, Mm. but really it was then through that course of the next year and a half that I stayed there that things shifted and I was slowly that was the time that I was really struggling with emotional instability and trying to hide that Mm. while I'm working Um, but also feeling the shift of like this is no longer fulfilling I am not meant to sell floor mats and restroom supplies anymore Mm. Um, so what is that going to look like and it was really, you know, it was working with my life coach to figure that out, but also, you know, tuning in and, and listening to, to, you know, and digging deep into my own wants and needs and desires and knowing I wanted to make more of an impact. Um, so at first I thought that was going to be pharma or med device thinking, oh, I'm going to sell a product or service that is going to help, help a patient um, improve which is not a bad thing at all. That, that, but at the same time, knowing what corporate sales is, it's still yeah. the hustle crying. So I knew that was not going to be beneficial to my health to do that. So I, I 
stepped away um, two and a half years ago. And I, I work for a home health company here locally in Indianapolis, which, which they do amazing work and great things. And I'm honored to, to still be a part of that while I um, get my life coaching business off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that like going, being vulnerable and being able to share your story and being able to, you know, talk about impact and things that sort of happened in your life that are terribly unfair when you look at the grand scheme of things, right? Like, uh, as sort of a motivator to like find that purpose in, you know, because I really believe, uh, in, I've heard this before that like the opposite of depression is, you know, maybe people have thought the opposite of depression is happiness. And I've heard this uh, saying that the opposite of depression is purpose and, you know, to find meaning in why we do the things that we do. And, you know, um, not only like serving our highest good, but when we can also use our what serves us and our highest good to also serve others. I just think that there's no better, more rewarding feeling than to, you know, impact those around us. Also while doing that, when it serves our highest good, you know, because I think for so long, we've been taught that like, it's selfish to think about yourself that like, you know, it really should always only be about others. And I, and I think that it's such a delicate balance of, being in service of others in a way that also serves yourself. Um, 100%. I mean, I have that conversation all the time with, especially women who think mm-hmm. that they're supposed to play small, stay small, do what you're supposed to do, serve everyone around you and leave yourself last. Um, but really it needs to be the opposite of that because then once you're your cup is full of what you need it to be full of, then you can serve others at your, at your highest level. I mean, that's, that's, that makes sense to me. And I want other women to, to finally like own that and own their, own their power, take their power back and know that that ultimately is going to be so much more rewarding than, than what's happening right now. And what's um, at the end of the day, realizing that their energy is drained. Mm. you know because they've they they never put themselves first yeah I, I know it's it's amazing that we're like waking up to that and that there was such a long period of time where the opposite was true that like the epitome of like who we were taught to be as women was to be as selfless as possible. And like, that was like a, a badge of honor, like to yes. be called a selfless woman was like, you know, in every, whatever eulogy or like, you <laughs> yeah. know, toast was always like, she was so selfless as that, as if that was like a positive thing. And I'm, I'm just really feeling very lucky to be a woman alive and a mother alive in a time where that is no longer the acceptable or the conversation is changing. I mean, I think we're still a long way to go before we actually like walk that talk. But I think that uh, just the fact that we're having conversations that are centered around, like, let's really take care of ourselves so that we can take care of each other is, um, 
is so important. And I think that's going to change things for, uh, hopefully for generations to come. Um, talk, walk me back a little bit to like, I mean, just being a child that, that Mm. lost her mom. So they're like, we could have the conversation about what it was like at that point in time, but also then with your stroke, like, was there a period of time where you lived in a space of like, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I, you know, was that part of the process or were you always sort of like somewhere else in the way you processed the situations? Looking back, I don't, I don't remember, you know, actually saying why, why did this happen to me? even, even with the loss of my mom, I can only imagine how many people said that around us all the time, but, but that's not what we physically said and brought into our home. I mean, Mm. I I think that we just, just stuck together and supported one another. And, um, I had so much love surrounding us with, with both sides of the family and, and helping my dad get through and figure out what, where we go from here. Luckily, I don't remember sitting around and being like, how did this happen? Mm. Um, and also with my stroke, I kind of it coming full circle. I remember the, when the first session I had with my, with my coach and, and keep in mind when I'm in the hospital in the first few months after that part of my brain didn't work. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't processing. I can't believe this happened to me. It was literally every day. Okay. I just know I need to get, I need, I just need to do what they're t- telling me to do and, and, and to get better than I, luckily I'm an extremely competitive person. And sometimes that can be a pro and a con. <laughs> and this was a strength in the situation. So it was really just, I just need to get, I just don't, I want to do better than I did yesterday. Yeah. I want to improve on, on whatever tests or things they had me do I'm going to do better than I did yesterday so luckily that was working for me I didn't process I can't believe why me uh and and I remember my coach asking me our very first session did you ever ask yourself why why me and I told her no I didn't do that and she but I don't know what I was I saw everyone around me do it Mm. I I saw everyone around me say I can't believe this happened yeah 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 but she just, as a matter of fact, looked at me and said, that's because you need to ask yourself, why not you? Mm. Why not you? And that took me months to process. Like, yeah, she's right. Only, only the, the strongest and the most resilient can, can handle something like this mm. that are, that are extremely gritty and, um, have the will to overcome something like this. So that, that took me months to wrap my head around, but I, I fully embraced that part of me and, and adapted this warrior mentality. And I, and I, I do want to speak to the fact that so many conversations I've had over the last couple of years where people that are, that I'm talking to or interview, they're interviewing me or whatever it may be, won't intentionally mean to say this, but they'll say, they'll call me a stroke victim. And I cringe at that word. And I know that there was no harm meant by it, but I, I just immediately looked at it. Like that's if I let the stroke dictate my life. Right. 
that's that's what victim mentality is to me with anybody going through any situation that has happened for them not to them um and, it, and it's up to each individual person to want to adapt this warrior mentality that that will get you to the this next level that you want to go to totally totally so that so resonates with me and i think people are people are uncomfortable with with that concept which I firmly believe in that things happen for us, not to us, because they think about the most tragic of situations and say like, Mm -hmm. so you are, I think some people misinterpret that, right? They think like, so you're saying that you're glad this happened to me, or I should be happy this happened to me. And I think there are some scenarios where you can pull that out of there. And, and it's so specific to the scenario, but I think when we can really be in a place of gratitude, and this is not like uh, like uh, bypassing the hard things that we go through. Like I, I, I'm. This is not to say like we should just be happy for every single shitty thing that happens to us because it's happening for us and it's making us stronger. Making it, it's not. That's not quite what that phrase means at least in my mind and it's um but if you really can think about things that happen to us that are out of our control in that way like it's only going to lift you out of being in the victim mentality and and carry you and bring you and empower you, you know? Um, and I, and I relate because I have a child with significant disabilities and, uh, I'll never forget like when he was around one years old and people were starting to recognize because we thought he was born typical. So people were starting to recognize that he was going to have lifelong challenges and disabilities. And, you know, so when people started to learn, learn this, uh, I remember I went, um, into a wake for somebody and somebody hadn't seen in a long time said, Oh, I heard about your son. I'm so sorry. And at the time, like I had not had the, you know, almost 13 years of experience that I have now being a child, being the mom of a child with significant disabilities. So I didn't know what to say. So I just said what any polite person would say. And I said, Oh, thank you so much. And when I got into the car, I was like, Oh my God, why did I say thank you? Like, he has nothing to be sorry for. Like, this is my child. Like, this is who he is. And I wholeheartedly accept him and there's nothing to be sorry about. Like, it's not. And it just felt so like gross to me that like I had not and it was not that person that that's not they were doing the best that they knew to do and thought that they were being supportive and that's totally fine but it's like you know we do have choices right we really do have choices and we could live in a space where we say like I'm angry and I'm sure we go through all those phases, right? I'm angry and this shouldn't have happened to me. And this isn't the life I, I didn't deserve this stroke or I didn't deserve to lose this person. Like all of those feelings are important to address, but we don't have to live there. We have a choice to feel a level of empowerment and move on from situations and use them as fuel to either better ourselves or better the people around us. And I think that, you know, 
everybody has to go through their process. But to me, that's, that's the life I want to live. And, uh, you know, I think we do have a choice to not ignore the feelings that are going to come up and not sugarcoat anything, but to really live in a place of feeling empowered to have real choice over how we're going to wake up and feel every day. That's spot on. So spot on. It's, it's, you said it, the key is we, and even four and a half year later, I mean, almost 30 years later after losing my mom for crying out loud, like I still have my days, but the key is to not can make those days at a time. Like, you know, I'm going to have a bad day for sure. Still do. But I, but I, it, the key is to bounce back the next day. And, and, and again, to, to find the gratitude. And I mean, what a, a huge um, habit that to create for oneself, especially after working with my coach was to acknowledge the, the things that I'm grateful for every day. And really, because those small moments are sometimes the big moments in your day, like that one phone call or that 10 minutes in the morning that you get to yourself to, to meditate or just enjoy your coffee without any noise or, you know, to, to see it, to see a friend or whatever that is, it's, it so fills the heart with what it needs mm. for sure. And it all seems so like simple that I think that's what makes it hard for people is that right. they're like, well, it can't be that simple. I can't just think about what I appreciate in my life and my life will get better but it is it's being intentional about it. Don't do something to just check the box and say, I went for a walk, like be in the moment when you're going for that walk or when you get your quiet 15 minutes in the morning or when you're having that conversation with a friend, like don't be trying to multitask while you're, while you're doing it, be in the moment, embrace it. Yeah. And you had some pretty huge sort of reality checks or however you might label them experiences in your life that showed you like we only get this one shot right like you know and like you unfortunately learned that lesson the first time because your mom didn't have a lot of years of life to experience the world and what, you know, what the world has to offer and what life has to offer. So, you know, for you to, I don't, I mean, what is your, what's been your like revelation for like the fact that the stroke happened at the same time as the age of Mm -hmm. your mom, like what's your, what's been your like feeling on that? If you don't mind sharing. What a great question. Um, yeah, I think it's to not take anything for granted. Anything. I mean, anything. I, the simplest things that I see other stroke survivors that have had more severe physical deficits for them that you know, don't have, you know, one side is extremely weak over the other, or they don't have a use of their arm or hand or foot. Um, and so when I see, and I'm in a couple different Facebook groups for stroke survivors and there's, they celebrate the smallest wins 
like I got my shirt on today for the first time by myself mm. or I got to wash my hair by myself for the first time or I could feed myself my own meal and didn't have to have help with that like celebrating the smallest wins is so huge that of course we all take for granted every day it's, it's just part of our routine we, we move from one thing to the next and realizing not everybody has that luxury but damn they're doing the best that they can and that is truly awe-inspiring for sure and, and the biggest thing for me is because I have left peripheral vision loss um, is driving and no I would never want to wish that my license was taken away from me but man I have to be extremely on point every time I get behind the wheel and drive and everybody's driving around doing five different things or they've got so much going on in their head or they're trying to multitask and, do, and they're just so not aware that anything can happen at any given moment and so that that's one thing that definitely um yeah that I adapt and em, embrace and practice every single day is being thankful that I have these this opportunity to, to get from point a to point b or or to be able to you know walk without an assisted device or, you know, get my, get my shirt on over my head. Cause not everybody is there yet. Mm. So. Mm. And I, I think there's also just like something that I'm just reflecting on as you're talking is like, also just with even, even if you have this thing, you have to be more cautious of, or this thing that might come harder to you um, to also know that 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 doesn't define how you experience life or like that doesn't mean that you can't be this full, the fullest version of yourself or, or have access to the same level of happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is just so important and the, and that's what my son teaches me too. Like that, uh, you know, he's just like the happiest child. I would say he's like my easiest child because I always know where he is. He doesn't talk back because he can't talk. Yeah. Um, he's not never fresh and he's almost always happy. And so like, the point is like, we can, we can choose that happiness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that things that are, that maybe even things that you wish were easier for you that now were harder for you than they were prior. Like you still can have that perspective that, but I still get to do this. Like I still get to have this full life. And, um, you know, not only that, but like now look, you've been able to impact other people. And maybe if you hadn't had to undergo such a, difficult experience maybe that this is what equips you I mean do you think that that what you've been through like better equips you to like support others 110 percent mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much for asking that because it that's something maybe that I don't I don't think about every day but to know had this not happened to me I'd still be cruising along in the corporate world probably and that's fine you know and I would hope that I would be you know just as successful as I was before and, and, and building a, a, you know, a successful career for my, for myself and for my husband. But, but man, what, a, what a different ride that I have been chosen to be on. And, um, 
it's, it's been thus far so much more fulfilling and it's embracing the challenging parts just as much, just as much, if not more than, you know, the, the, not the easy parts, but the, you know, the, the, the sort you know, the good days, but it's embracing the, the, the challenging days for sure as well. Mm-hmm. Which is hard to do. Heck yeah. Right? That's, that's it's, hard. It's hard, but it's like, but it's realizing, okay, everything is teaching us something, everything. And it's, it's figuring out what those lessons are and then being able to move forward with them than it is to, again, let those, the days or the situations or the the challenges control, control us. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to suck you in. And that's, what's going to keep you staying small and, and, and that victim mentality of letting it control you. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. It's mindset, the mindset that, that one needs to adapt and embrace through something like this. That's everything. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's like, people who aren't there yet don't want to hear that because that's it right. sounds like too good to be true or like, oh, it can't be that simple. Like I said before, but like, if you change your mindset, you can change your entire life. And that doesn't mean that hard stuff isn't going to come up. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges, but if you change the way you see things and your perspective on things, then you realize how much control you really do have over most of your life situations. So that now when you do face a situation that you don't have control over, like suffering a stroke, you still have so much capacity to control the other, you know, everything else. So yeah, there may be things that come up that you can't control. There will be things that come up that you can't control. But if you continue to keep ownership of the things you do have control over, which is the way you look at things and how you see things and your mindset on things, then that shifts shifts it all. So I, I mean, and I think that's why it's so, so important. This is why I'm doing this podcast is because I think when people hear other people's stories, even if they haven't experienced the specifics, they right. hear something familiar that they can relate to. And when they hear how somebody else may have looked at their challenges or approached certain scenarios that they've been uh, put into or that they've you know, had to overcome, they realize, wow, I really do have so much more control over my life than, than even like society wants us to believe, than yeah. like we've yeah. been conditioned to believe. Um, I think, you know, sharing sure. our stories is like at the core of how we're going to like elevate our lives. I completely wholeheartedly agree. And, and I just want people to know, even if they have suffered something or gone through, you know, a, a, a rough chapter that they are capable and able to basically like reprogram their mind because so much of what we've been taught is pretty much 
happened by the, you know, the age of like nine or 10 or how we were, how we were raised, how we were grown up. And so, so many people walk through life continuing to, to be conditioned to program the way they were when they were kids and, and could be walking on thinking like how maybe unhappy they are or, or, but that they have the control and the power and the ability to, to change that and shift it and reprogram it uh, the next time something does come up, how, how they can handle that. Mm. And people say that about themselves all the time, right? Like, this is just the way I am, or like, this is the way I've always been, or like people will use that as sort of a label on someone else. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so that's how they are. That's how they have always been. So we really think that we've been taught for so long that like, nope, that you just are who you are. And I'm sure people have said that to you, like, oh, you know, I could never go through what you went through and handle things the way you have. Um, And that's like, sometimes feels like a great compliment, right? Like, wow. And maybe some of it's true, but it's only because this is the way you chose to handle the situation. There's so much choice that we have in, in the situations that we face. So, and I do think mindset is like 90 something percent of it. I don't know. (laughs) I do too. I do too. So, well, this is such a pleasure. I would love for you to share with my audience where they can um, learn more about your story and what you're doing, the work that you're doing and um, where to find you. Yeah, thanks so much. I would love to connect with anybody out there on Instagram on at just commit coaching. Um, love to connect on there. I'm on LinkedIn. I find a lot of amazing connections and conversations actually on LinkedIn, especially from a professional standpoint. So Jennifer Chapman on there. And then I have a website, just commit coaching. So if you have a question or inquiry or, or want to have a complimentary session, I offer complimentary clarity sessions for anyone interested. So Jennifer at justcommitcoaching.com. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been such a pleasure and uh, we'll definitely have to stay connected to have more, more conversations like these. I would love that. And thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. What an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you want to hear others like it, I would love it if you check out the links in the podcast description. I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who would also enjoy it. You can also find me over on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C or visit my website at www.thewarriorwithinus.com. Talk to you soon.